You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson Nation, and welcome into the Locked On Clemson Podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Happy Tuesday. Hopefully you all had a great weekend. We've got some big news to talk about regarding the Clemson football program. Something that we really need to get into. We'll also talk about Tony Elliott and the coaching search update. You know he's always in that. We'll also talk a little bit about the Clemson men's basketball skid as of late. Got a lot to talk about. Can't wait to get into it. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert. That's E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T for more conversation. We'd love to have you there. And make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Clemson podcast. You can get that wherever you get your podcast for free. That way you can get the episodes as they drop, when they drop. You don't want to miss a single one. We're going to keep you up to date with all things Clemson Athletics. Big show coming up. Let's get into it. All right, so if you're on Twitter or any of the message boards for the Tigers or just any social media, you probably already know what I'm going to talk about in this segment. If not, as of Monday, that's yesterday, January 25th, 2021, we have yet another player from the defensive side of the ball in the transfer portal. This one hurts a little bit, though, because he is a returning starter or was slated to be a returning starter for the Tigers, and that is Mike Jones Jr. He has officially hit the transfer portal, and from what I'm seeing from his Twitter, the way he kind of went about it, does not sound like he's coming back. It's not going to be one of those things where he can convince him to come back. He's gone. So now you have to really see what's up. It's next man up in this situation. Fortunately for the Tigers, they're going to be bringing in two guys who I think are going to be fantastic to do this job. And we'll talk about that more, how they can use these guys later on. But again, this is going to hurt Clemson. I, I told everybody, the transfer portal, uh, it has no uh, you know, no mercy for anyone. Every team is subject to have a player leave at any time. That's kind of what it is now, and you just have to be prepared for that. That's why you have to recruit really well. You have to get the right people in your program and, and the right guys that can step up in the event that your guy leaves. In this situation, again, you're going to be losing a guy who was going to be coming back as a starter. We know Mike Jones Jr. showed a lot of glimpses of, you know, greatness. He wasn't going to be the Isaiah Simmons type guy. He's never going to do that, but he showed us that he's able to play. But he missed a lot of time this past season due to injury. And then we know the COVID thing just kind of wrecked everybody's schedule. Um, But he was supposed to be the guy that came back and really added yet another level of experience for this defense. Remember, Clemson was going to have all 11 returning starters come back this season. Now you're going to be down one. So let's see what happens going forward from there. Again, another player that I think is really going to step up in that spot now that Mike Jones Jr. has left is Trent Simpson, a guy who we all know can play some ball. We were excited about getting this guy. There are some ups and downs for him this season, but we got to remember he was a true freshman and he's really good for what he did. So we'll talk about that in a second. And then also a player that's coming in for the 2021 class that I'm the most excited about. And that is Barrett Carter, a guy who is versatile, a guy who I do think can actually be kind of like Isaiah Simmons, maybe not the same speed, but he has that athleticism and ability to play pretty much everything all over the field. So excited about those two guys coming in. And then you have some other guys on roster that can play that spot as well. Keith McGuire can definitely come over and play that Will spot, that Nickel Sam spot as well. So we want to see what happens with this, but I think this defense now is going to get a little bit of a boost because you're going to be able to be more creative and give somebody a chance to really shine in this defense and it's next man up truly. So let's talk a little bit about Trent Simpson. Trent Simpson's that guy that I think 
can come in and play edge rusher. I think Clemson can really do some things differently. They Before, when Brent Venables first came to Clemson, he was using a little bit more of a 4-2-5 look. Um, sometimes he'd have inverted Tampa 2 looks as well. But that 4-2-5 look was kind of his staple coming over from Oklahoma. He also used a little bit of the 3-3-5 this year, taking a page out of the book from Iowa State. But 4-2-5 was kind of his forte. Now you can actually go back to some of that now because you're going to have Mike spot shored up by James Skalski. The Will spot is going to be shored up by Spectre, although there is some competition at that spot. Who knows, especially if Clemson goes to a 4-2-5 because you're going to be able to use things a little bit different. Now, I think you can actually have a guy like Trent Simpson play as an, as an edge rusher. He's kind of like that Vic Beasley type to me. He's going to be 6'3", 245, very similar, and in fact, the exact same size as a Vic Beasley, you know, a smaller defensive end using kind of like a hybrid jack type guy. I talked about this a little bit on Twitter as well. You can do a lot of things with him off the edge. He is a pass rush specialist. The guy played the best when he was playing uh, off the ends, playing games with tackles, winning those matchups. Out in space, maybe not so much. I don't necessarily like Trent Simpson if he's going to have to go up against a tight end. We saw him kind of get wrecked against the Notre Dame tight ends. Those guys are really good. Uh, and then also not necessarily wanting him on a slot receiver. But if you want him as a pass rush specialist, he can really blossom this season, especially coming off. Depends on what side he's on. If he's over there with Miles Murphy, that's going to be a hell of a pass rush side. If he's coming over from the other side, I'm assuming XT, um, maybe KJ Henry, he's going to be a help out a little bit more too. Just depends on what Clemson decides to do with a guy like Trent Simpson. But I think if you maximize his ability to go after the quarterback, I think Clemson really has found a new gem in this defense. Again, we've already seen that he can really handle it. It just depends on what, where you have him. I, I don't like him out in space, one-on-one -on -one with anybody uh, that has any kind of athleticism. And that's not a knock on the kid, but you know he didn't come out playing a traditional linebacker spot from high school. He was more of a defensive end type guy. So I like Trent Simpson as an edge rusher. And then you got Barrett Carter, who, in my opinion, if he's in there in that nickel sand spot, you can use him as a middle safety. You can use him as a outside linebacker of sorts. You can have him pass rush. Uh, you can have him doing everything. I think he is super versatile. Um, he is one of those guys that is a linebacker, has that big linebacker body. But Clemson listed him as a safety because he can play anywhere. He's that athletic. I'm excited about him coming to Clemson and playing in that spot. Now, there are some packages that you could do. With those two guys, you might even be able to bring both of those guys in at the same time. You've already seen some kind of odd front looks, those oaky looks. You bring in Brian Brzee, you have Tyler Davis and Miles Murphy inside. They're all quote-unquote tackles, but you can also use the outside linebackers in a 3-4 look. If you do something like that, then you can really wreak havoc with those guys. Again, another player that I'm looking at that could be brought down to the box kind of in that spot is a Malcolm Green. Malcolm Green is very versatile as well, very strong hitter, but also heady and savvy. He can get out there and cover anybody. Clemson's defense did not necessarily take a huge hit losing Mike Jones. You do lose a little bit of that uh, camaraderie. You lose a little bit of that gelling. You know, that core linebacker unit, and the only returning starter that we had from the 2019 team was James Skalski. So I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a huge deal as far as having to retool a little bit more. Again, the only guy that you have to replace would be Mike Jones Jr. as Spectre and Skalski are both back. But I like putting all of the eggs in the basket with a guy like Trent Simpson. I think if you get him trained up, especially this spring, I want to see what they do with him in the springtime. I want to see what happens with Barrett Carter. 
I want to see what happens if you move some guys around. Maybe Vontae Bentley can end up playing a little bit more outside. We'll see what happens, but I think Clemson will be absolutely fine. But that just goes to show you, again, the transfer portal does not care about any school. Anybody can leave at any time. I'm just wondering if Clemson actually decides to go and take a look into the transfer portal. Like I've been saying on this show for a very long time, I think there are some spots that Clemson can absolutely go and take a gander at in the portal. If they do that, I think they'll be fine. If they don't, I also think they'll be fine. This defense is going to be great. We'll talk about the Tony Elliott situation coming up. He's been named uh, the Tennessee head coach by random Twitter guys on the internet. We'll see what happens, but we'll get into that more in the next segment. Before I do that, though, let me tell you about my friends over at betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? You should be because the Super Bowl is here. I cannot wait for it. February 7th, down in Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Gronkineers going up against the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. They're trying to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Tom Brady's trying to win one on his way out, or maybe not. The guy can play for another 50 years if you look at him. This game's going to be awesome. I don't know how the Packers lost to the Buccaneers, but I don't really have anything to do with that. But the numbers are there. And if you need to know all the lines and spreads, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today. It's a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. We're all in here at Locked On Clemson. Thanks for sticking with us. Death, taxes, and Tony Elliott's name being put in the hat for a potential head coaching candidate every year. You can rely on it. It's going to happen. We talk about this all the time. Everybody's always worried about it. Tony Elliott's name is always popping up somewhere along the internet about him getting a new head coaching job somewhere else. And these are kind of getting crazy, but this one has really reached a boiling point because as of Monday, there's been some talk about. Tony Elliott accepting the Tennessee head coaching job. And of course, if it's on the internet, you got to believe it, right? It's real. (laughs) But seriously, his name has been linked to pretty much every coaching job every time it opens. Um, But there's a few things I want to talk about when it comes to this specific job. Of course, we know Jeremy Pruitt was relieved of his duties as head coach for the Tennessee Volunteers and Philip Fulmer, former head coach and athletic director, has also retired. They're going through full house changes. We know that Danny White, former UCF uh, AD, is now the AD at Tennessee, and he's looking for a guy that can come in and be ready for a rebuild. And I'm not talking about a rebuild just because the team stinks and there's no talent. I'm talking about a rebuild because of the fact that, yeah, kind of that too. (laughs) And then also all of the sanctions that they're going to be getting for all the recruiting violations that they had under Pruitt. It's just not going to be pretty for a couple of years for the Tennessee Volunteers. It's actually been pretty bad for a few years now, uh, with the better part of a decade, and it's not looking any better right now. So let's get into that a little bit. Again, Tony Elliott looking for a job, and he's turned down better ones. I don't know why he would take the Tennessee job right now. I don't think it's good for a coach who doesn't have much experience uh, really coaching a team at all as a head coach going into a 
uh, rehabilitation type job. You can't do that. It's just not good to do. Uh, very few of those coaches with little experience going into a rebuild make it out of it. Um, you're seeing some coaches around college football now doing that. I wouldn't call Steve Sarkeesian going to Texas as a rebuild. They just have to get better. I don't think they're rebuilding. But you see Jeff Collins, who's got who's been a head coach, but he doesn't have a whole lot of head coaching experience, going down to Georgia Tech, and it's taken him a little while to get going because it's hard to recruit against Georgia and Clemson and all these other schools in the South, and it's really hard. But they didn't have any violations. It's just Georgia Tech. It's hard to get into, and why go there when you can go to Georgia if you're that talented, right? But then you also look at some guys like Mike Norvell down at Florida State. That's a dumpster fire. He's having problems with that program, uh, and there's a lot of things happening. The whole you know staff is being imploded. He's got a lot of stuff to work with. Uh, but Tony Elliott, if you have this coaching job, you're the offensive coordinator at Clemson University, a team that's always going to be in the playoffs, or at least in the hunt to be in the playoffs. Why would you leave there to go to Tennessee, who's going to be probably getting a couple of you know self-imposed postseason bans they're going to probably do that for two years and they're going to be playing with you know reduced scholarships for a couple of years probably 10 less each year and that makes a big deal especially playing in the sec mind you it's going to be really hard to compete and then on top of that the ncaa is going to be like hey well we're going to hand you for this because they've been handing out (laughs) pretty much happy meals with bands in them with money they're giving recruits all this money in mcdonald's bags and they're still losing. This is why I say, again, culture matters. And yes, you want to get a guy like Tony Elliott coming over from Clemson, who by all means is a pretty pious program. Uh, You don't hear a whole lot of problems out of Clemson's programs, at least not real problems, stuff that other people come up with because they want to put a target on Clemson's back, maybe so. But Clemson really doesn't get in trouble. So you get a guy coming from a Dabo Swinney coaching tree, a guy who's been a part of a great culture. He can bring in that good culture with Danny White as the AD. The only problem with that is you got to have talent. And again, you're going to be recruiting less. You're already in recruiting violation situation under Pruitt. Why are you going to Tennessee? He's not. (laughs) If he does, then, you know, Godspeed to the guy. Good luck to him. Um, Hopefully he's not in the unemployment line uh, in, in a couple of years. But it's one of those things where Tennessee is not the right job. Again, I mentioned this. There are better jobs that have popped up for Tony Elliott, and he has not taken them. I do not think this is the right job to take. Uh, this is kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, there's been teams who have gotten the death penalty before for these kind of things. And then on top of that, you're losing pretty much all of your recruits and all your players. Uh, guys are decommitting left and right. You've had Eric Gray, Quiveris Crouch was a former Clemson guy. And we wondered, why did Tennessee get this guy? How did they get him from Clemson when Clemson had a stranglehold on him? I think we might know a little bit of that now. Uh, you're losing a lot of talented players. You've already lost your quarterback, Jarrett Garantano, to Washington State. Now you're going to be working with a true sophomore quarterback who didn't have a whole lot of snaps in 2020 and pretty much a depleted running back room now. Uh, (laughs) Henry Toa Toa, the best player on your team, in my opinion, linebacker, has also transferred out. If I'm Tony Elliott, what do you work with? What do you have to work with at Tennessee right now? So this is why I don't think he leaves. I don't think the guy's that dumb. <laughs> and people also, you know, the, the, I have to take a moment to talk about the fact that a lot of Clemson fans like to rag on Tony Elliott. Yes, there are times where it gets mind-numbingly uh, boring to watch Clemson's offense because it seems like they're not going forward or they're just being very pedestrian or vanilla. But 
Clemson has been pretty good offensively under Tony Elliott. We've won two national championships under the guy and multiple playoff games. So again, I, I don't want to say that uh, he hasn't been a great offensive coordinator, but this is the time where people go, oh, we don't need him. He can go. But then at the same time, people get frustrated with the Sugar Bowl results from Brandon Streeter saying he's not any good either. So you have to make up your mind with that. But again, Tony Elliott being at Clemson makes Clemson better. He really does. Uh, he has that rapport with those guys. Hopefully he can be a, here to work with DJ Uyunglele a few more years, at least while he's there. Maybe another job opens up. I'd, I would be so willing to give him a job that's really good. I'd, I'd be like, hey, man, Tony, go ahead and get you a better job, man. Do that because everybody wants to see everybody prosper. I want to see those guys rise up and move up the ladder. Why not? But I do not want to see him take the Tennessee job. I think that would be atrocious for him. I'm not starting my head coaching job in a rebuild. That's, that's just not happening. I don't know, though. Some guys are adrenaline junkies. They like the challenge, uh, but I would not start my career and that kind of rebuild. Not Again, this is not a rebuild because of talent. This is a rebuild because of sanctions, and I'm not doing that. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm the outsider guy, but hey, what do I know? I'm not coaching anywhere, so it is what it is. Coming up in the next segment, though, we're going to be talking a little bit about the skid of this Clemson men's basketball team. I told you to be cautiously optimistic about this team. I thought they're really talented. I think they still are. It seems like the sky is falling. I can assure you that it's not. But right now, Brad Brownell really has to get this team mentally focused. We'll talk about that more in the next segment. But before I do that, let me tell you about my friends over at rockauto.com. Let me peep you to some game real quick. Rockauto.com is different. Okay, let me tell you why. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. We all know that. I've seen it. I've done it myself, right? Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices and charging you based off what the market will bear like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login or anything like that. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts for customers online for 20 years. It's a really long time to do that. So go to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil, even new carpet, get you some new cabin air filters because I know it's probably stinky and dirty. You need to fix that. But whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com has a catalog that is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. I already said that, right? Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It's going to do the same thing. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked On Clemson podcast is here. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and talk about it now. 
This is why I said be cautiously optimistic about the Clemson men's basketball team. Do I think that they're talented? Yes. Do I think that that defense is something serious? Yes. But I think they kind of got exposed in the last three games that they've played. Remember before I kind of trailed off with the last episode talking about men's basketball. I said it was going to be an uphill battle against Virginia. I wanted to see what this team looked like after the layoff from the COVID cancellations or postponements of the game between Boston College and North Carolina. I wanted to see what happened with this team. What, they, what would they look like? And they looked really bad against Virginia. It just didn't seem like they didn't have any legs behind them. Virginia ran the court up and down on them with ease, uh, scored about 80 points yet again. Uh, Clemson hadn't, at that point, been giving 80 points to pretty much any team. They were keeping teams at 70 or under. And <laughs> Virginia said, we don't, we don't care about your records. We don't care about what you have done this season. We're going to come in and win this game. This is kind of where all the people on the I can't stand Brad Brownell train needs to be fired uh, comes from. This this is where they come from. You know, Clemson has had a three-game losing streak in pretty much every season since like 2007. And a lot of the times, it just doesn't seem right. And, you know, losing three games in a row is never good. I'm never excusing that. Uh, Nobody needs to lose three in a row. If the football team lost three in a row, we'd be trying to sell Dabo's house. But for the basketball team, there's so many games, you're going to lose a couple of games here and there. The, the problem is you play Virginia, you get blown out. Virginia is an elite team. We talked about that already. I kind of understand. I could see where that coming from. Plus, coming off of the COVID break, it, it makes sense that Clemson would not play as well against an elite team. But then you go to Georgia Tech and you get blown out there. And then you turn around and go down to Florida State and get blown out there too. Three blowouts in a row where your defensive efficiency just doesn't look very good. You're giving up more points than you have all season. <laughs> like I said, you know, Ken Palm had this team rated number one defensively. Now they are just sliding down everywhere. And then, you know, that doesn't leave you a whole lot of hope for this team going forward. It just seems like, oh, here we go. This team's going to start losing a whole bunch of games again. You know, they're not that good. I, I just feel like it kind of exposed a few things here. The defense is good. The defense is very good. I think. You are a better team and your defense is great, but they got exposed because of the fact their offense cannot keep up in shootouts. It just, it's not happening against these elite teams that can shoot all three of those teams that I just mentioned, Virginia, Georgia tech and Florida state outshot Clemson by far in this game. But, you know, (laughs) you know, I I don't know where to go with this team. I I don't know what's going to happen. I do think that they have the talent in place. If they can get right, mentally they can come and lick their wounds and say all right let's go let's get back into this they still have a chance to be really good in the ACC uh remember they only dropped to nine and four what you don't want to see is a 14 and 12 team or a 12 and 14 team out of this situation we want to see this team step back up and play like they were playing earlier in the year a lot of people are already saying oh well they were just a flash in the pan the teams weren't ready earlier in the year, and Clemson caught them off guard. This is why they're losing now, because these teams are getting traction. But it just seems like every, every answer you know, from Brad Brownell, every answer that he has seems to be about his team just not being prepared. And I, you can't hear that. You cannot hear that. We need the team to score offensively. If you're going to be that good defensively, you want to make sure you can score offensively too because, you know, it's not a good excuse to say, oh, well, we just can't keep up in shootouts. Of course you can't. <laughs> we see that on film. 
But again, I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think Clemson's going to go up and be this crazy elite team from here either. I also don't think that they're just going to lose a whole bunch of games going forward. I could be completely wrong. We've seen it before, but I think it's going to be somewhere right in the middle. They're going to end up playing well, maybe get a bid for the tournament if they actually have it this year. But if not, uh, just really be prepared for the NIT yet again and for all of the Brad Brownell haters to come out and say, I told you so. With that said, we've come to the end of today's show. Thanks for sticking with us. Again, follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert, E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T for more conversation. I'd love to have you over there. I see a couple of you guys coming over and following me. Let me know that you're coming over from the podcast. I want to know that you guys are listening and you're coming over new. I'm getting some new people, but I'm not exactly sure where they're coming from, so I'm excited about that. And please, subscribe to the Locked On Clemson Podcast. That way you can get the episodes when they drop every week. You don't want to miss a single episode. We're going to keep you up to date with all things Clemson Athletics. As always, it's great to be a Clemson Tiger. I'll catch you right here tomorrow at Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.